Common Knowledge Podcast. Just a man doing the best he can with what he got. And I got the champion, my homie, return guest, back from being a dinosaur. One half of the random show, star of the Benza 2 and Benza 1, along with every other thing imaginable, taking all the money away from us struggling actors here in Japan. My homie, Big Sexy, Alex Hunter. How you doing, brother man? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Tyrannosaurus Flex is official. I was a T-Rex all summer, so I think I, I, I've laid proper claim to that. And thank you for having me back, bro. I appreciate that. Oh, man, thank you for being here, man. As you said, you was on tour all this summer, and people was uh, asking me. Like, I literally had a lot of people calling me like, hey, man, did you and Alex fall out? Y'all y'all not cool anymore? <laughs> like, where you been? <laughs> yeah. I had to tell everybody, calm down. We, we good. Still my homie. He's yeah, just we was putting out random shows the whole time. I, why did they? Why were they thinking that we have some beef? It's because you usually put the random shows out and you put them out at a certain time. You used to do it in the morning. Uh... And me, I was sporadic with them. I will put them out in the evening. So people were actually, I can show you the messages. People were like, hey, did you and Alex fall out? Because the random shows are at a different time. And that's why. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, no, we good. We good. He just wanted to be a dinosaur. So tell us about the <laughs> yeah. tour. The tour, man, um, I, a lot better than last year. This is my second year doing it. Um, the communication between the management and the cast side was much better this year. So some of our concerns that we had from last year that carried over to this year, we were able to get those ironed out to a satisfactory degree. And so the whole tour experience was a hell of a lot better. And For those I didn't don't lose. know, you are actually yeah. a dinosaur in, you don't have to get the name of the tour because I don't want you to step on toes. Yeah. But in this tour, you were a dinosaur. You traveled all around Japan. How many places did you, you touch down in? Ooh, man. How many prefectures are in Japan? Uh, 47? 47. So maybe we hit maybe we hit like 30. Because we went, we went from Hokkaido, which is the northernmost island, all the way through the main island and down into Kyushu, which is the southern big island. So we we hit just a bunch of different spots all the way down. So yeah, man, uh, maybe if there's 40, how many did you say, 42? Uh, maybe 42, 47, something like that. It's in the 40s. All right, so we'll just say if there's 42, maybe we hit 30. <laughs> try, try to work that math out. But um, it was dope. Last year, because of COVID, man, we had um, quite a few cancellations, actually. Mm. So... We had quite a few off days that were unplanned. Um, this year we had no cancellations, so you know we had to we had to work more. But um, you know you get tired because you know when you on the road for a month and a half, living out of a suitcase, it gets pretty tiring. But you know, like our because of our concerns being answered, um, we were able to get more sleep and you know get more food, and so it was all in all. Uh, I'm happy I did it. Very happy I did it. So how was the tour schedule? Like, what was the roughest part about it? Like, what time did you have to wake up? What time did you have to go to bed? Was there a curfew? Mm. Uh, no curfew. You know, it's all, you know, just stay on top of your shit. And the hardest part, actually, <clears throat> was the travel. Because, you know, sometimes we could take the bullet train, but other times we would go places that the bullet train doesn't go. So we'd have to take a big, everybody would get in this big bus 
and we would just travel like right after show ends. So sometimes you got three to four hours in the bus and the shows finish in the evening. So you get to the hotel, you know, anywhere between eight and nine, nine thirty PM. And then you can't just go to bed, man. You gotta, you gotta relax. You gotta wind down and decompress and all that. So those days were particularly hard. And then other days, if we didn't have to travel so long, like two hours or whatever, then you got some extra time to do your thing and go out and get some food with the team or whatever. So I had this issue when I was with the naked director. I can say it now because I got paid for it. Right. So the naked director, too, it was shot in, I think, Gifu, somewhere in the south. And it was hectic as hell because... We got on the bus from Tokyo at 3 a.m. Shit. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Not 3 a.m. We got there around on the bus at 11 p.m. Got there around 3 a.m. It took us straight to the set from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. We changed clothes. And then we worked from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's when we got back to the hotel. And then we had to wake up the next day at like 3 a.m. Which really killed yeah. me. Like you said, you gotta decompress, you gotta <laughs> wash your balls, you gotta eat. So when you get through yeah. it, you basically don't work about maybe 18 to 20 hours. So that can be hectic. So God bless you. But you also said that you had a team. And I know as an actor, that can be a blessing or a curse. So how was the group you was working with? The group this year, man, was really good. <clears throat> um, there was a lot of chemistry within the team and so even on our off days you know a few times we would rent a car and drive to like a hot spring or we went to a a gorge in the mountains and swam around and stuff Uh, last year uh, the team dynamic was a bit different like everybody just kind of kept to themselves on their off days and did their own thing which is which is fine you know i'm not not complaining but this year there were there was a lot more fun within the team and so that helps, you know, when you when you got time to just be together, but not having to work and just chilling and talking and having a good time. That really team helps. Building exercises help, man, because if yeah. essentially those are your family, and your friends for the next how many days you're on tour tour. And that happens on set all the damn time. You know, you have that one asshole on set that just messes everything up for everybody. Yeah. The guy who wants to be extra, that he's in control. You know, so when everybody's good and happy, it does make the, the process a lot better. So you lucked out on that that part. Yeah, man. Like uh it was it could have been a lot more of a trudge if if it wasn't such a friendly, fun atmosphere. So I definitely appreciate that. But you, man, with that naked director shoot, that schedule is crazy. And I feel like um it's it's an example of the cultural differences between where we come from in the West and Japan, Japan is like work, work, work. Like it's schedule first people later. Oh, you know most what I definitely. Mean? Yes. Yeah. Most definitely. It was indicative of that whole situation. Um, there was multiple incidents on that set where people snapped and it was sleep deprivation for one thing. Oh and man, exhaustion. that'll fuck you up. Like yeah. that stuff is real. Yeah. It was exhaustion. And it was one of those situations where the casting directors and the people on set like you arrested you're well arrested and you're looking at the featured extras and the extra i myself was a featured extra which doesn't make any difference because i was treated like crap too (laughs) but Mm. 
it's like featured crab. Actually, they actually had unpaid extras too. Japanese people oh, and man. a lot of them just left. It was that Forget bad. that, bro. Like, I'm, I'm gonna go kick some rocks if that's the case. Literally, a lot of them was like, "I'm gone. I don't need this." Yeah. Japanese <laughs> people, and that's rare for a Japanese person to be like, "What am I here for? I'm not getting paid. I'm out. <laughs> I'm suffering for free." But nothing like this. This show ain't that making great. these motherfuckers all this money because they gonna get the box office and all that. And what do I get? Nothing. Nothing. I'm out. Peace. Yeah. Show not that great. Hell, <laughs> but yeah. that's what happens when you have a a casting director and a set who just really just doesn't care. They don't care about people. Like you said, it's a schedule. Like, well, we need to get do with the schedule, get this done, done. And the most frustrating part about this, and you can contest it, is sometimes it's just them messing up over and over again, and then mm. taking safety shots. It's like, mm. dude, we already done did this four times. Why are you taking this same shot in the same angle again? And it's more like, oh, well, I got six hours. So I'm going to use it. It's like, no, dude, <laughs> you're done. Stop. <laughs> Move on to the next thing. Yeah, stop trying to get cute. You did the assignment. <laughs> let's, let's get this shit done. <laughs> well, you know, that's a good segue to what I wanted you to talk about. Because recently, there's been a big kerfuffle about casting decisions. Mm. It's a series. Most mm. notably, The Black Little Mermaid, House of Dragons. In the new Lord of Ring, Ring of Power. And somehow yeah. people are so upset that people of color, people of color are playing lead roles, which led me to believe that people don't know how casting is. And plus, we looking over the, the, the throughout history of black people not being leads in like major motion pictures and shows. So I want to get your opinion on this as an actor, as a black actor, as a black actor in an international setting. What are your thoughts about this? So I think a lot of the outrage, I would I would say it's less that it's black leads, but it's black leads in what are like we could take the Little Mermaid, which was a white cartoon character. And now that it's a black woman, people are like, that shouldn't be that way. There's a white character, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's a lot of it. And then on the other side, apparently. Black elves just aren't allowed to exist. Uh, a black <laughs> fictional species is not allowed to exist, which... Well, mermaids uh, are fictional too. Yeah. Yeah, true, true, true that. But at least with the Little Mermaid cartoon, there was a precedent that the main character was a little white girl, half girl, half fish, whatever. But with the elves, apparently they all just as white, as legolas, as white as the driven snow. And it's it's... I think a lot of it is it's either protective nerd rage or non-nerds not understanding nerdish things getting offended because people like to be offended and hop on Twitter. You know what I mean? I don't know which one, but it's got to be either one or a combination of the two. So it has to be a catch-22, right? And this is my thing. I am totally open to the fact that Maybe as a purist, you grew up on a certain show. I use an example. I use myself an example. Annie. I grew up on White Annie. So when Black Annie, when Black Annie hit the scene, I was like, huh, that's different. <laughs> right? right? Now, I think it's <clears throat> a distinction to be made. You can be like, oh, well, I like the original one. And you don't have to watch the new one. But the reason why I didn't complain about Black Annie is because it wasn't for me. I was born in the 80s. so. White Annie is for me. 
But the new generation, Black Annie is for them. And it's also a distinction to be made. If, if you're going to have a problem with it, first, look at the acting. Look at the acting. See, can the person act and see how they did? Look at the story. Tell me what you don't like. If you just initially say, oh, Black Annie's in this one. Annie's Black. Then that lets me know the problem is the color. Because would you have a problem that we made Annie and she was white? Would you have a problem with Little Mermaid and they cast a white woman? Would you have a problem with Lord of the Rings and everybody was white in there? If you're saying no, then the obvious thing that you have a problem with is race. It ain't the remaking of the movie. It ain't the movie taking the story or changing the story around. It's the race. So you just got to be honest with yourself. I have a race problem. If that's what your problem is, just say it. I have a race problem. I have a problem with race. That's easier said than done. I think a lot of people like to try to dance around that fact if they got a problem with the with the race. They try to, you know, cover up that with other reasons and excuses. Case in point. But, oh, well, the original, the original memory is white. Okay, yeah. cool. So once again, if your argument is not that they shouldn't remake The Little Mermaid as a live action film, cool. If that's your argument, I get it. If you're saying, hey, the first animated version of The Little Mermaid was a visual masterpiece, you'll never do better than that. You should never change that. If that's your argument, cool. But if your argument is you should not remake The Little Mermaid, because she's black, the problem is race. And you have to admit it to yourself. Uh, for myself, I didn't like Aquaman, so I don't think they should be a live adaptation of The Little Mermaid. White, black, brown, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, live adaptations of animations just, in my opinion, generally don't do well. Now, Avengers, of course, is that's something special, but DC hasn't figured that out yet, and I didn't really enjoy Aquaman Um now I, I take it back. DC, the Batman movies are good. I I, I, I take that oh, back. Oh wait, somewhat. wait, which ones? Well, I mean, you know, the the only three that really matter, and if we're really being real, the one with Heath Ledger. So I mean, yeah. You are you talking about the Nolan movies? Yeah. Okay, so the first two was good. The last one, nah. Well, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. Continue. The Bane one. The Bane was me. Okay, they was doing too uh, much. Bane yet. was just fun to. It was just fun because it was Bane being played that way like that was fun but uh, narratively i don't remember much about it i just remember i liked i was born in the darkness or whatever whatever he said you really adopted darkness i was born by it, <laughs> by it. you know what the dumbest yeah. line in that whole movie was this is the dumbest line it was dumb as hell there was in the stadium and batman was coming up and bane looked at batman coming up to stop him and he said come to die with your city and batman looked at him and said no i came to stop you I'm like, fucking corny ass. Of course you did. If I was Bane, I would be like, and my homie uh, Archie said, Bane should be like, I know, I was just being a dick. Why, why else are you here, dog? But no, um, kind of uh, transitioning. Now, I, I, I also think real quick, the people complaining obviously are unaware of the history of whitewashing in Hollywood. Um, I don't know if you saw the meme floating around. It was the people pissed off about a black little mermaid brought to you by the same people who did this. And it was an old movie of a white guy playing Genghis Khan. There was a white guy in blackface playing Othello. Mm -hmm. That's actually what the, was... the, the go-to because the shrew, I mean, that's true, but the uh, Othello was a black guy and they all got in blackface. Yeah. Yep. And um, it was a few other characters um, that were whitewashed by Hollywood. Well, you know, Moses was played by Charleston Heston. Uh, Cleopatra was played by Elizabeth Taylor. 
uh, all the guys of Egypt in the recent movie were white. Prince of Persia was mm-hmm. uh, what was that Brendan Jake Fraser? Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. But you have a, a a history of this. Exactly. So to not complain until it's reversed is a bit hypocritical. And, I, you know, there could be some young people who are unaware of the history that have a problem as well. But I feel like, and this is just kind of, you could extrapolate this to society that a lot of people have issues with things that they don't really understand because history is important. And if you're not up on your history, something could seem like some new bullshit, but it's the same old rigmarole as it's always been. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, lack of ed- education is part of the problem. And if you want to go over to the fantasy side of things with the black elves and all that stuff, I don't know how much role-playing game experience you have, but when you play a game like Dragon Age or one of these games where you get to create your character, you get to choose their race if they're like an orc, a human, an elf, and, and so on and so forth, you have skin color options when you're creating your character. You can make black elves in these games. And I have never heard anybody complain like, well, why are you allowed to make a black elf? You know, nobody complains when you're in that aspect, but then it's it's TV series. And now, you know, you can't, you can't deal with that. There was a black elf in The Witcher and that made me happy because it's like, finally, it makes sense. They're fucking elves. That doesn't mean they're all just one skin color. Well, you, have, you can have this Asian comes... elves, you can have Latin elves, you can have mm-hmm. Middle Eastern elves. Like, it doesn't matter. The whole thing about elves is that they have pointy ears and sometimes they can do magic and they're really good at archery. Like, you know, what are we, what are we, what are we doing? How, it's not just how elves, deep into the weeds do we want to get? It's just fictional huh? characters in general. If it's a fictional character, then it could be any race. James Bond can be black. You know why? Because it's a made-up character. And it's also, just... that's a code name for a dude who changes. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a code name. Like it's not the same James Bond that we have now. That was the same James Bond as uh, what's his face? Uh, Connery. Yeah, Connery. Like it's literally a different person using the same code name. That's the whole Bond thing. But that's the like problem. It, and dare I say yeah. it, I keep saying this, I will I keep saying it to somebody hear me, it's white privilege. It's just oh, yeah, for used sure. to seeing yourself in power for so damn long that anything else seems out of place. So anything else, like you never asked the question why you never saw black people walking down the street in Andy Griffin or all through the 50s and 60s, there were no people on TV. They were purposely left out. That's the BET argument, why BET was made, because there was no black Little to no black representation. If you saw a mm-hmm. black person, there was always the help. Same with you cowboy know? movies. One in four, one in four cowboys was black. The white guys but, were called cow hands. Cowboys were right, black. Right, 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 right. Term. Once again, that's another thing that black white folks do. They co-op some of our words. Like once it becomes cool, they take it. So you was a cow hand, but out. cowboys sound cool because of Bill Bickett's and all the other black cowboys, what they was doing and bulldozing your bass reeves. So that sounds cool. And oh, no, 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 no. Now we're cowboys. It's like, no, you weren't. You were cow hands. Just, just once again, but that comes back to the history. People don't know the history. And they just pretend yeah. like black folks just appeared out of anywhere. And but man, <laughs> I'm going to talk about this in, in another podcast. Maybe the one I post before this one. But black people know what woke means. Like they co opted the word woke to mean something else. But woke was something all black folks used before it became popular before COVID and George Floyd. 
we use that to say, be aware of the double standard faced among us. Like it's going to mm. be harder for us. It's triply harder for us. We get treated unfairly. Be aware. Stay woke. But what happened was, you got allies and you got ops, and the ops took the word and said, "Nope." Mm-mm. Basically, what woke is going to mean now is a cover for my racism, and that's what's happening with all these casting decisions. You don't know the actors' pedigree if they're good. You ain't seen none of the movies. Like you ain't seen The Little Mermaid. If Haley Bailey or Holly Bailey's acting is garbage, say it then. Like I'm totally open to the fact that like if Steve Toussaint was a terrible actor in uh, House of Dragons, then say something. But y'all can't say that. Only thing y'all can say is he's black, and that's the bullshit. Yeah, and they act like like we're trying to force feed them these progressive things, which sometimes you know in certain situations it can feel that way. Um, but in these situations, especially it's like, it's a black character in a fictional world, a whole wide world, like white world doesn't exist. Like it's a world with different continents, different countries. It's, you're going to have a diverse range of people. If you're literally making a show about an entire world where people travel overseas and all that stuff, like it's. It, it logically it makes sense but like you said it, white privilege and and going back to that you know back in the back in the day when i was a kid you know people get surprised especially in japan <laughs> they get surprised like i never watched full house i never watched friends much and they're like oh isn't it really famous in america and i was like you don't understand those are very white shows and as a little black boy or a little brown boy i was drawn to, on the rare chance I saw a show with people who look like me, I'm going to be drawn to that because, you know, Full House has nothing for me. I have nothing against it. I was just never interested in that. But then you have like, um, you know, the Waynes Brothers had a show. You had the Fresh Prince. And I was like, okay, these have people who I share, you know, musical culture with. I have the same hair as them. And my skin tone is represented. And so, you know, that's important. And, you know, these little kids, if they see a black little mermaid, you know what I mean? Like that representation oh, is important. Yo, if you like the Common Knowledge podcast, check out the random show hosted with me and the homie Alex Lex Caliber Hunter on the random show. We talk about random shit. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at random. That's R A N dash D U M B random yo if you like the common knowledge podcast check out the random show hosted with me and the homie alex lex caliber hunter on the random show we talk about random shit (laughs) follow us on instagram at random that's r-a-n dash d-u-m-b random yo dj l spade here asking y'all take a second after you listen to my podcast and go check out my new album, El Spadia 2. Got over 200,000 streams on Spotify and over 100,000 streams on Apple Music right now. I think you'll like it. Check it out. Tell me what you think about it. Hit me up on Instagram at DJL Spade. Follow me on Facebook at DJL Spade. Follow me on Twitter. I bet you can guess. At DJL Spade. <laughs> Peace. So you hit on something very, very, very important, right? Representation matters. It matters for us. Me as a black boy growing up, 
in the 80s, I had nothing but white heroes. Like I had the one-off black uh, sidekick that was shucking and jiving who always had to speak in rhyme or jive talk, but I never had a full lead. Matter of fact, most of the heroes back in the 80s, they had to put black in front of it. It wasn't just Falcon. It was Black Falcon. <laughs> it's like... Black Panther. Yeah. Not just Panther. The Panther. Couldn't be the Panther. It's Black Panther. Black was just a main focus. Like, people try to tell me, well, races don't matter. Race doesn't matter. But all through the 80s, race was thrown in my face. And like I said, I had to deal with He-Man, other white heroes. Captain America was white. Thank God they made him black. Superman was white. Batman was white. That's what I had to do with. I deal with all my life. Like, 30 years of my life, that's what I had to deal with. But now people can't deal with a white mermaid and some black elves and a black rich guy. Yeah. And 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 look, like I, I think you touched on it earlier, but to the people of our generation who were introduced to the white little mermaid. So we could just say, we'll just say your little mermaid is not today's little mermaid. Like you have that old little mermaid. If you got a problem, rock with that. But to not allow creative decisions to 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 be made you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. it's a creative choice you don't have to like it but you don't Mm -hmm. you don't rant and rave if if there's just a movie that you don't like like you're not gonna try to blow the motherfucker up you're not gonna try to cancel like take that movie out of the movie theaters the story was terrible like you're not doing that so why do you have to have this such an inflamed response to a character choice that you disagree with I want to point out first that the original Little Mermaid was written by Hans Christian Andersen, who was a gay man. And the first original Little Mermaid was a love letter to his gay lover. Well, his would-be gay lover who turned him down. And in the original story, the merman turned in the phone. So once again, Disney did not make the Little Mermaid. Disney adapts a lot of old stories and remake it in their in their image, right? So they can true. change something. So you're getting mad at a story that wasn't like the original source material that's being changed again. So you're just mad at a rewrite. rewrite. Yeah, and it, was it on one of your earlier podcasts when you talked about Mulan? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you, Eddie Murphy was a Chinese dragon. Where was the Where was the complaints then? Was every character in Mulan, every character was either... <laughs> was either a fictitious beast or it was an Asian. It was a Mongolian or a Chinese person, maybe some others. I don't remember exactly, but was every character in that movie voiced by either a Chinese person or Mongolian? I'm going to guess not. And nobody had a problem. (laughs) At all. At all. But why is that though? Well, Marcus, um, I I think you mentioned this a few minutes ago. Uh, I think the term was uh, white privilege you know what here's the thing i i think this is good to say as a as an actor that a lot of y'all don't know how casting goes you don't know the rigmarole of casting and as an actor let me tell you something guys i don't blame an actor for anything only their performance and how they portray a character because as an actor it ain't up to you man it's up to the director and the people casting you. It's not what you think of yourself. It's how they see you. And in most cases, man, the role has been written for you. You didn't write the role yourself. You didn't have any input. So if I see like a black character on a show 
kind of cooning it up, Uncle timing it up. I'm like, all right, cool. I know what it is, dude. You got to grift. You got to do what you got to do. Because that wasn't his call. It wasn't. I never blame an actor for anything. So to go shoot at this actor, any of these black actors, be like, I don't know why you're in it. Why don't you shoot to the, at the director or the casting agent? Like, why, why don't y'all do that? It's just y'all go for the face. Once again, which lets me know y'all got a problem with the race. <laughs> it has to be. Yeah. Because yeah, you don't know think- how casting go. Like, an actor can't cast themselves. They can pick a role and they have a cachet. Maybe yeah. they can get picked, but you cannot cast yourself as an actor. In most cases, you have to go to an audition, a second audition, get shortlisted, and go to another audition, and then maybe get the job. Like, these folks don't know about the business. Can you tell them about the business, man? Like, how hard it is? Yeah, man. Especially, like, as when you're an actor, as you said, you might get some creative choices decisions because as an actor you know you kind of got to make the character your own so you know you might get some creative decisions then but yeah you have the audition process and if there who knows maybe they were casting specifically for a black little mermaid i don't i don't don't know maybe they weren't maybe they said you know what you your acting is so damn good steve toussaint that i'm gonna cast you and, and that's another thing that gets me, man. I'm sorry I mean to cut y'all. But that's yeah. another thing that gets me. You guys don't assume that somebody's acting prowess is good. It's always an affirmative action type situation with a black person. It becomes a catch-22. If you see a black actor, the assumption is, well, they got casted because they're black. Not because they're a good actor. Not because they wowed a casting director or the people in the audition. It's just because they was black. And I'm tired of like black actors acting prowess being diminished by our skin color. It's like, you can't win for losing. It's like, I keep going to Steve Toussaint because dude is a damn good actor. You guys didn't look at his acting. Only thing y'all said was, that's not the image for a rich guy. Come on. Like, Haley Bailey. who? I, exactly. Haley Bailey is on uh, Grownish. Does a damn good job on that sitcom. Right? And I know some of y'all are going to be like, well, that's a sitcom actor. Well, guess who else started as a sitcom actor? Leonardo DiCaprio. Woo! So, like... John Travolta. John Travolta. Sitcom. Welcome back, Cod. Hey! Mr. Carter. <laughs> so, my thing is, cannot a black actor be a great actor and wow somebody and to the point that they don't see race? Or are we doomed to just see the race? You you said it very well. And, and to, you know, to... to put a summary on that a black person being present doesn't mean it's a, diver- a diversity hire Ooh, big facts big facts so and and i think the whole fight you know for diversifying the workplaces and stuff it has had a, and maybe an unintended effect of people just assuming that if we're there it's because people would get in trouble if we weren't there. Yes. And yes. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, and that's the catch-22. My homie, uh, Daniel Brandon, who does a podcast, Diverse Distraction, said he didn't want corporate diversity. And my rebuttal to that is, if you don't make a law sometimes, it's never going to happen. You got to think, man, I don't depend on the morality of anybody. And I don't depend on a corporation for morality either. But sometimes you got to put rules and regulations in to say, yo, add black people because you leave it up to people. They're going to say, nah, <laughs> right? Like, I'm not going to pretend like 
after the Emancipation Proclamation, there was no issues and everybody was racial harmony and everybody was yeah. great, right? Then we had to fight for civility. And then affirmative action, which doesn't really help black people, it really helps white women, didn't really help anything else. I was about to say that, yes, sir. Yeah. Didn't really help out black people, but that's perceived to be only for black people. Just along with welfare, like anything that's like to help the masses is perceived that black people are leeching off of it. That's just how we do it. That's the American ethos, right? But my thing is, even if it is like some kind of legislation or a push of affirmative action, all right, cool. Because ain't nobody saying that when white folks get a, a leg up. Ain't nobody saying that when George Bush got into Yale because he was a legacy. Like, ain't nobody looking at that shit. Like, <laughs> so, hey, if I got in because I'm black, cool. But in most cases, that's not the case. We have to work harder, which goes back to the woke term. Being woke is means that you know that you got to work twice as hard just to get the butt to the baseline. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. Twice as hard to get half as much sometimes. That's yep. what they say. That, that's what, man. Yeah. See, see, how did you know that? <laughs> we ain't never talked about that. Uh, how did you know that? I, I wonder, I wonder why. I wonder why. And those are things that are talked, talked about in the black community, man. Like colorism is openly talked about. Racism is openly talked about. And the double standard, like we had the conversation in the black community. And I know a lot of white people are listening to this and you're not privy to that conversation. And some of you are, but it's just a different cultural thing. And we're trying to bridge the gap right now. And I'm not blaming anybody who has a problem. Well, yes, I am. I am blaming you have a problem with these casting decisions. First, once again, you don't know how casting works. And second of all, get over your biases. Like go to the meat. Y'all, white folks always want to throw Martin Luther King Jr. in my face. Well, this is my time to throw it in your face. Judge by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. So if you see in race, you're wrong. Look at the acting. Look at the job they're doing. Now, if they're a booty actor, then say something, I'm with you. Like, if that Little Mermaid movie sucks balls and it's just terrible all the way around, yeah, I'm going to be there with you. Like, yo, <laughs> this was terrible. But in most cases, y'all not saying it. Y'all are just saying different and i can't take different and i get it because change is hard but change is i mean necessary. is it though is <laughs> is a movie made by nobody that you know starring people <laughs> that you don't know is that really so hard fair point fair point <laughs> like i think uh, I, I don't know man like i just think there's a lot of soft ass people who got nothing going on in their lives and so they need to make sure their voice is heard. If they got a problem, they take to Twitter. Like, I like, I don't know, bro. Like, if I don't like something, what have you in the time that you've known me? Have you ever seen me post on social media shitting on something? No, I actually haven't. No, mm. because it's not a big deal. <laughs> I didn't like this movie. All right, fuck it. Keep it moving. Whatever. Like, I love the Rocky movies. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the Creed movies. Like, you, I ain't wrote nothing about it online. It's just like, whatever, dude. Like, there's more movies to watch. There's other shit going on. Like, it's not, I don't understand why these things are so important to people that they have to try to die on that hill. I don't, I don't get it. Well, you know, okay, I think we've kind of inflated and made it important because you hit on a great point. We've made a lot of this stuff more important than it is. Just like ultimately, you don't have to watch it. There's so many more movies you can watch. You know, I don't watch The Lord of the Rings. I just don't like it. You do. That is your yeah, thing. Yeah. So, you know, 
you play RPGs, I don't. I'm more of a first-person shooter <laughs> type guy. <laughs> I'm a first-person shooter guy. You're an RPG, RPG guy, you know? Different show for different folks. I'm not complaining that you like Final Fantasy. I think it's garbage, but I don't have to play it. There you go. To each their own. What happened to that? Uh, you know what? Maybe this is technology's fault, dude. Like technology's fault for like no 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 you that's no nah, no nah, that's not like uh, people guns don't kill people people kill people like you know it's it's like technology all right go ahead sorry, sorry, sorry I didn't mean to catch up no, 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 you, you're probably right but hear me out these divisions have always existed but now because you have such a wide platform everybody has a platform now that it's a greater possibility of your bullshit opinion getting out there in the ethos. Cause like uh, John Meacham said, 35% of America has always been bullshit and crazy. Like 35, you got to write off 35% of America off top, <laughs> off top, <laughs> off top. 35 is just bullshit. Like no matter what, <laughs> it was 35 people who, um, it was riding with slavery. It was 35 people who was uh, still with uh, McCartney. It's 35 people right now still riding with Trump. <laughs> like, 35% of America, you have to write them off like, yo, y'all gonna do what you gotta do. So I'm just saying it's easier for that 35 now to meet each other. Yeah, that's true. The world is a lot smaller because of the internet. That is, and, and international travel is much easier. That's very true. Like, there was a time when you had to ride a ship for months to get to a hate group. Yeah. <laughs> now you got Facebook groups for it. That's when hate was real, Marcus. You got to hop on a horse and ride three states over. It'll take you a couple months to get to your clan rally. Like that's when hatred was real. You had to want it because you had to you had to commit <laughs> to the hate. Hey yo, I'm pretty sure some racist ass telegrams too. Like <laughs> <laughs> the, the racist ass Pony Express. Yeah. Like yo. Send this to Jed down there in Kentucky. Get this off my chest. <laughs> and it's just like these niggers are getting uppity. <laughs> we gotta squash this. Hell. Hey, uh, real, real, real fact though, kind of related, kind of not related, but nobody had a problem with watermelons until slaves got free. You know what? It's a lot of stuff that was unfairly thrown on us too, man. A lot of stuff like watermelons, fried chicken. Pork. Yeah. Who you think taught the slaves how to grow watermelons to sell? I'll give you one guess. Aliens? Ah, you fucked up, Marcus. It was whites. Uh. No, um, <laughs> no, because you know, they were selling watermelons and stuff, and then slaves get free, and a lot of them know how to grow watermelons. And they see a bunch of a bunch of former slaves, like I used to own you. They're smiling and eating this watermelon that they grow so well because they had to do it for free for generations. And then they demonized it like, oh, that's it's so easy to grow. Even a dumb nigger could do it. And it's like, y'all was selling it when we were doing it. And now that we do it for ourselves, now it's a problem. Once again, that's a double standard is always opposed on us, man. And I get tired of it. Like even the the pork shaming, like you still eat pork? That's slave food. I ain't talking about the premium because if I if, if I make a post right now on Facebook saying I like chitlins, oh, they coming. See, that's your problem, man. You gotta let that slave food go. I'm like, man, okay, I can't like chitlins. <laughs> like, yo. Well, also, whoever says that might want to leave the country because people be eating all kinds of stuff all over the world. Bro, Even over, over here, here, dog, chitlins are a delicacy in, Tha- yeah. in Thailand. Like, yo. It ain't yeah. over here. They got this thing called a motsunabe, which is like a stew 
primarily composed of organ meats. You got livers, you got you got uh, intestines. Like that's a normal food over here, and it's damn yeah, good. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if you got a problem with chitlins, bro, you need to you need to travel some. You got to get out your your space, man. Go out and visit the world. The world is bigger than where you're from, because a lot of stuff that I thought was weird in my area in the South, it wasn't that I was weird. I just didn't fit in there. When I went outside of the South, I'm like, oh, word. <laughs> I'm normal. Whatever normal means. Whatever normal means, I just fit up. I fit in over here. You know, actually, I had a random thought. I wanted to save it for the random show, but fuck, we could do it here. Um, it's because it, it's 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 really short, but I feel like the 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 Raiders NFL uniforms might be the best uniforms in the NFL. Damn, you know what? They may be. They may be, and this is as a Raiders hater. I don't rock with the Raiders, but something go hard about that black and silver, bro. Like that black and silver yeah. is like undeniable. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the Raiders has always been like the bad boy team of the NFL, though. Yeah, that's true. Especially back in the day when you could clothesline a motherfucker. That's when your dad played, man. Like, I'm watching your dad got all the injuries, man, because that's back when they could do anything less than shoot you. As long as they didn't have a gun out there. <laughs> or oh, bat, yeah, man. He's, he's, he was legal. some stories, man. People be, you know, throwing body blows and shit. All that stuff. Trying to clothesline, you take your head off. Man, there's actually a picture that we got at the house. It's a picture of my dad in a game. He's he's on the sideline and it like he's kind of looking to the side and the camera got like him from the shoulder up. And because of the lighting, his Seahawks uniform looks black and it looks like a Raider uniform. But it is the sickest picture. My dad always told me like he always felt like his mentality would have fit in with the Raiders. Oh, you snitching on your dad, man. You can't say that, though. Your dad is a Hall of Famer in Seattle, though. You can't be like, you feel like feel like a Raider. You feel, man, you can't do that, though. You gotta take that nah, back. Gotta, nah, there's, a lot, there's a lot of baggage there, man. The, 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 the Seahawks didn't really do him right. And this is, you know, back in the 80s when they were. Oh, that's the when they. Oh, okay. So this is a good thing. I, I know the history of, um, of Washington. Washington was made for a white utopia. Like they actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, they didn't want black folks there. <laughs> I didn't know that shit. I, mm. But your your dad is a a trailblazer though. He went to Notre Dame and he went to Seattle. Yeah. And he was the first supplemental draft player. Like your dad is a legend out here in these streets, whole legend. Yeah, yeah, and until like sometime in the nineties, he had the record for the longest kickoff return for the Seahawks too. Flex took it to the house. So why are we on the NFL? Who you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? Well, you know, it's just a, a prediction. You know, in the beginning, everybody think their team's going to win the Super Bowl. But I ain't going to lie. These first two games, I saw the Titans. We look like complete butt. Booty oh, man, yeah. Butt y'all y'all had some some defensive issues for sure. We got all these issues, man, too. Derrick Henry got shut down. Man, man look, dog. Ryan Tannehill turned back into Ryan Tannehill. Remember when I told you last year that I never would have saw Ryan Tannehill <laughs> taking us this far? Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the Ryan Tannehill I know right here. That guy. Just the guy I know. Yeah, welcome back, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's where you've been. You're still the same guy. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to say the Bills look good, man. You know, they they their offense is stacked. Um, I, I can't remember what their defense is like, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Shoot, uh, well, the man, the Rams got the Rams got got in week one. They got got real bad, but I'm not surprised. I mean, it's about it's that. only like you know week two, week three. Like I, you, you never know. You know injuries like could happen. Like with the Raiders, man, a couple few years ago, Raiders looked like they were gonna take take it to the Super Bowl. Then Derek Carr got hurt, and you know there go there goes that dream. So it's you know two weeks in, like it's it's. It's real hard to tell, man. I right, say it's not if, fair. If the, if the Bills stay healthy, then I I could see them taking it to the Super Bowl. You know, the Bengals off to a rough start. Uh, Tampa, Tampa could be a contender. You can never really count out Tom Brady. You know, almost time to get another fight. But he, yo, know, I <laughs> I watched the video, man. Tom finessed it because he got up in the guy's face, but you look at his hands; they're down at his side the whole time. And I was like, okay, not so Tom is just instigating. He's not, he, <laughs> he wasn't planning to push the dude to put hands on him or nothing. And then you got Evans coming in and just whoop with the Kirkpatrick and just got him. But I didn't, I didn't think Tom had any intention whatsoever of, of really getting into it. He, he knows the game too well. All reports say that Tom Brady is an asshole, but like most of your super elite special players are assholes. Your Michael Jordan, your Tom Brady's, uh, your Kobe Bryant's. I think the biggest question is what do Tom's teammates think about him? Because that's See, really all that matters. He, Tom teammates love him if you're doing what you got to do. Like Tom Brady gonna let you slide with shit, right? So like the reports say that Tom Brady be chewing out folks' asses in practice too. Like yo, you fucking up. Like get, get your shit together, right? Good. As long as you can do your job, Tom is cool. But also on the field against the opposing team, Tom be talking cash money shit. However, I ain't gonna lie, man. If you're a quarterback, don't talk cash money shit because you can't hurt a quarterback. I feel like. In most cases, a quarterback is management. Stay your ass down there. Like, yo, don't don't get in nobody's face, Tom. Well, I mean, you got you got Josh Allen on the Bills, man. He'll run your ass over if you if you sleeping out there. So, like, he he he'll get up in your face after he puts a stiff That's arm exception, in your face. Dog, man, dude, like what? Like, he's nine a, he's feet a tall, dog. Yeah, dude, like nine feet tall. He's like white Cam Newton. <laughs> Or white Bill Roethlisberger. I, I think he's. He, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that's a disservice. I think he's better than Cam Newton. Whoa, prime Pete Cam Newton. Um, prime Cam. That's a good. That's a good comparison. Um, who else is comparable? Yeah, right, like, fair enough. Fair enough. I was thinking of recent Cam. That's oh no, that's recent fair, Cam Newton fair. booty butt cheeks. Man, the fall has happened, but that's because he don't took like ninety million Virginia sex. But I'm talking about like yeah, Pete and, Cam and Newton. That's just now. Allen. Now, when Cam was Cam. What do they call him a thug because he was talking and celebrating? But then Josh Allen, I've only heard phrases about how how much of a dog he is and he's not afraid to get up in your face and blah blah blah. You know, just you know, double standard. Not, neither here I, nor there. I mean, white folks get credit when they're not scared of us. <laughs> <laughs> like they're not dead ass. Like, yo, it's a perception that you need to be scared of black people. So whenever a white person is not scared of us, like, hey, yeah, no fear. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like that's the Lafayette, like Luca Donja. Luca Donja, uh What's homeboy from Denver? Uh, Jokic? Yeah, those guys, like, they from war-torn European countries. Like, they ain't scared of shit. Like, they ain't the oh, type of dudes yeah, yeah. who go to the, like, when you go to school, you hear, boom, 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 when you're doing your fractions. So they ain't scared of nothing, right? And that's the people we look at like, yo, hey, <laughs> them white guys ain't scared of black people. Why would they? Hell. And then and then they get accepted by black people. Hey, I love Luka Doncic. That's my favorite player right now. Oh man, he's he in the Olympics, bro. He balled the fuck out. Like I almost like I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan, and that was because I was a Dirk Nowitzki fan. And before that, like they had the Fat Five, 
Michael Finley mm. and all those guys, Jamal Mashburn, yeah. and uh, I just rode with that because when Dirk came, I was like, oh my god, I've never seen a seven footer so wet from the three point line. Yeah, man, that fade away. I almost left up. him, but then uh, Luka Doncic came. I'm like, yep, I'm back. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. We do this. accept him. Anyway, who do you like for the Super Bowl? Like you said, it's too early. It's weeks. Yeah, week two. I can I can say. Enthusiastically, I don't see the Titans unless a, a major turnaround happen. I will go with the fan favorite right now. If I had to judge by week two, which is probably going to change by week five, because like you said, sure. everybody gets injured. <laughs> uh, I will go with Buffalo right now as the favorite. Yeah. Buffalo, maybe... You can never count out Patrick Mahomes. True, Kansas City. Yeah, very true, very true. Uh, and it would be interesting. I mean, it will be interesting to see how things go in Miami because they're looking they're looking pretty good. Miami is better than they have in in recent years. Yeah, Miami is definitely a sleeper. I don't really. I have to wait till like week five, week six to really know. Yeah. Oh man, time. I remember what I wanted to say. I didn't think it was righteous that when Denver went to Seattle to play that um they booed Russell yeah Russell Wilson got booed i thought that was that was real fucked up in booty butt cheeks why not of of the the fans because man like tom leaves he retires goes to tampa you know shows up to play the patriots brought in with all the fanfare Peyton manning same thing goes to denver but when he goes back to Indianapolis, all the fanfare. And I don't know if if Russell Wilson, like if there was something distasteful about the way he left. Like, I, from what I heard, he didn't think he was going to be able to win with the Seahawks and he wanted out. And OK, that's a career decision. But it's all it's like it's 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 hypocritical because if a player gets traded, it's okay if they leave because, well, that's just the business. But if they choose to leave, then it's like, oh, fuck him. He's a traitor. But the team that got rid of him in a trade, oh, they're just doing what they got to do to make the best team they can. It's it's not righteous to me. And it's really fucked up that players are held to some 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 arbitrary standard that the organizations themselves aren't held to. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm uh-huh. gonna kind of defend the fans of, of Seattle. And this is because Russell Wilson is kind of a chameleon. And it's been said many a time. I'm not the first person to say this. And it was kind of messy how the breakup happened. Like during that whole offseason, Russell was demanding to be traded, saying he wanted to stay. Like he was going out in public saying, Oh yeah, I can't look, I look forward to being a, a Seattle Seahawk. Then behind the scenes, later on the next week, be like, Yeah, I'm ready to be traded. Get me out of here. So, like, he kind of told the fans of Seattle to sit down and stand up at the same time. <clears throat> That's mm-hmm. a, a knock against him. Also, that man is a cultural chameleon. You don't know who he is. He's kind of, I ain't going to say fake, but he always says the right things. Like, Russell will hit you with what you want to hear. Like, he, it's to the point you don't even know who the real Russell is. I, Maybe I, that's who he is. Maybe he's just like the greatest guy ever. Maybe, Maybe man, but Mr. that comes Righteous, off a little. Mr. Positivity. That could just be. 
until until he's with Sierra in the BET Awards, and then the hood comes out. Hey, man, why you talking to my girl when he did that? I'm like, wait, wait, buddy. We, I mean, the cold switch that, was thick. Did that happen? I didn't oh, see yeah. That. The cold switch was super thick. I'm like, wait, who are you, buddy? Like, you, are you this guy? And, and maybe that's the real him, too. Maybe he's the guy who's like, hey, man, are we talking to my girl? Maybe that's the real him. I'm just saying, I don't know. And yeah. it seems like that carries with him and his professional career, too. People don't know who dude is. Because well, you can you get know, a, a long way being authentic. But I don't know yeah. if you can get somewhere trying to like morph into what people you think people want to see. But it's like, it's like if you got a job, you're going to be one way when you're at work. And then True. you're going to be a different way when you're not at mm-hmm. work. So when he's at work, the cameras are on. He's talking to the press. I don't see anything wrong with him saying the right shit. You know what I mean? Like he's he's at work and you know, to be honest, he sets a pretty damn good example for kids too. If you want to look up to, to a That's professional yes. athlete. So I don't see anything wrong with that at all. Now, if he was being two-faced, like, oh, I love playing in Seattle, but behind closed doors, he wanted to leave. He could have been hedging his bets. Like maybe it wasn't confirmed he was leaving. It's and he business, didn't want to yeah. have that rumor floating around like, oh, he really wanted to leave, but he couldn't get a deal or whatever. Like that's going to create different problems for him. And, you know, it, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind closed doors in, in professional sports. So we don't know if he was the cause of the problem, if, if somebody else was the cause, or maybe they just couldn't get along or, or whatever. Mm. Like we, there are things that we will not be privy to. And it's yeah, a dirty, sure. like, you know, it's a dirty game. Like they will, they, they keep you around until they don't have a use for you. And then they could unceremoniously cut you mm. or they could trade yeah. you. And, and guarantee and, contracts in the NFL. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and you're literally sacrificing your future health. Mm. So you, you want to make it worth something. You know what I mean? Like you want to try to get on a good team. You want to make sure you get that bag because you could have some major health effects down the road. Like Shannon Sharp, man, what does he get? Like both hips or both knees replaced or something like that? Mm-hmm. Like, and people just, you know, think like, oh, he got money, blah, blah, blah. But that's major surgery. And he's not a young guy anymore. And so I, I feel like the players should be given a little more respect for the fact that, yes, what they do is entertaining, but also they literally could be shortening their lives. Um, fucking the the former tight end for the Patriots, um, the dude who Gronk who ki- killed himself. Oh, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, like bro, they said his they did the autopsy on his brain, and they said he had the most CTE. Like, what is it, plaque or whatever it is mm. that builds up from brain trauma? Yes. Like, he had so much of that in his brain that literally it it changes how your brain functions. Junior Seau like, was the same way too. Who when he Yeah, Junior Seau, yeah. yeah. And like literally that is a, that is a direct effect from playing football. So like yes it's entertaining, it's exciting and the guys who are elite are superstars and they get all the accolades and all the trappings that come with that, but also their health is being sacrificed every game that they play. And so if they want to make a career decision, fucking let them do it. Like the fans aren't owed anything. Yes, they buy the tickets and all that stuff, but they're not beholden to you. Like the fans are not their pimps. 
So I, I, I just think a little more respect and courtesy and should be given to professional athletes. Hell, so you got me back on your side, man. <laughs> That's put adequate. I'm going to end it right there because, yeah, I don't think we can get any higher than that. That's the Common Knowledge Podcast, man. <laughs> with, with the homie, Alex Hunter, who's uh put me back in my place at the end. <laughs> Brother Ben, tell them what you got coming on, going on in your life, man, and where they can find you. Hey, you know, um, we got Benza Season 2, which is a Japanese comedic drama on Amazon Prime. It's also on Plex and various streaming platforms online, some of which are free. Uh, I believe Plex is free, so if you want to check that out, you see a bunch of foreigners acting in Japanese with Japanese actors and actresses. And actually, we got a game coming down the pipeline. We got a retro RPG called Benza RPG, soon to be released on the Nintendo Switch as a downloadable game. And the music um, is great on there. I heard some guy named DJ L Spade did some music on there. Hey, man, you know, like this friend, you know, DJ L Spade, some might call him Marcus Johnson. Mm. Um he he really did his thing, man. Like you make music, you might want to you might want to you know get up with him and you know get some whatever he's cooking up. Mm-hmm. Hot fire, yeah, man. Yeah, appreciate that, man. You you really did your thing, and you know there's there's actually some some bangers in that game. Like it's an old retro style <laughs> RPG, but it's got some slappers on it, bro. You 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 did that, and I, I, we definitely appreciate that. Oh, man. Squad, and that's yeah, it, yeah. guys. And, and watch the random show. Tell me the random hey, show. Man, watch the goddamn random show, man. We uh we recently started a Patreon. So if you want to help us improve the quality of the random show, consider becoming a patron. Yeah. I might even uh, you know, you want some pictures of big sexy, man. You know, we work it out. <laughs> oh, you're pimping, pimping me out. Yeah, man. Set that man John out here, man. Don't worry, it's for the random show. It's for a better show, it's, now. Yeah, it's, cool. it's for it's for the cause. It's for the yeah. cause, for the squad, for the squad. Cool, man. Like, y- 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 y'all hit me up, man. I, I talk them into it. 